Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. the title of this message today is Living Stress-Free in His Presence. How many would like to live stress-free? Let me go ahead and let you know that you're still going to encounter some stress in life. It's impossible not to have any stress, but it's how we deal with it, and how we move through it, how we respond to it, and how we react to it, and that all can depend on our walk with the Lord and our life hidden in His Word. We can choose to handle stress differently, and this is for somebody today. If I had to give this a second title, I would have named it There's Joy in His Presence, Part 2. But I, I, was, I was debating about doing that, but I, I wanted someone to hear this, that we can live stress-free in His presence. There's something about the presence of the Lord. How many desires that presence every day in your home when you wake up? I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I want to keep in front of us. There's joy in his presence, and I think you'll again be, uh, and I don't know what words even choose. I, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for his direction and his leading, even this past week, giving confirmation for this message and how he speaks to us and how he's been speaking to me. And so uh, get ready, uh, take some notes. Let's say the declaration of the word before we begin. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the Word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's Word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're going to continue in Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to complete that chapter. So the the first three bullet points are going to be very simple for you this morning. The first one is continuing the message. Now... There's going to be, in the next point, I'll get there, there's a, there's a meaning with what we're going to say. But this one is continuing the message of what was happening in, in Nehemiah. You, if you've been with us for the last uh, beginning of the year. You, you've noticed uh, that we've been in Nehemiah to gain strength in rebuilding. This is what Nehemiah had to go through with the people of Jerusalem as they were b- rebuilding the walls and, and because of their disobedience. And that became to the fullness of understanding last week when we was looking at these, this passage uh, that, that when they gathered together, they were back home in Jerusalem. And uh, the people that were there who came back, uh, they haven't heard the word of the Lord for a while. And so they asked Ezra, and he brought out the, the law of Moses, the first five books, the Torah. And uh, he began to read from it from the early of the morning to midday, several hours of just reading the word of God. We need to fall in love with hearing the word of God. Uh, it's easy to get in, in, in tune and, and get excited about music at times and, and, and with the flow of that. But you need to have a passion for the word of God here. Hearing his word. And so when they heard the word of God, their response at first was 
to get, they were beginning to grieve and they were sorrowful because they realized that they were in captivity before being released again. They were taken in captivity because of their disobedience of, of their parents or their, their forefathers or grandfathers, all those ahead of them. And they just had this, uh, this understanding, wow, the heaviness of we were disobedient to the word of God. And so that may even happen as people come into the house of the Lord and they hear a message about serving God and they hear a message about turning away from sin and right before them the Holy Spirit begins to convict them in the right way of the of the of the results of what their sin is leading to is that they've been bound up they're bound up now but they're going to be set free our responsibility is let the Holy Spirit work on their heart but then turn that moment in from sorrow into rejoicing by saying you can have this burden lifted from your shoulders by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior he'll walk wipe away all the sins that he will get he will set you free and this is what was happening in Nehemiah they were they were responding to the word of God because they heard the heaviness but the result was that listen they said go your way verse 10 go your way eat the fat drink the sweet and send portions of those from whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to our Lord do not sorrow. Say with me, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You have joy when you give him your sins. You have joy when you give him your life. You have joy when you realize that he'll never let you go. You have joy because you're looking at a light that is coming, amen, that he's going to hold on. We have joy because he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We have joy, amen. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. This word for joy is only used two times, this particular word in the Old Testament. The second time it's used is 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 27. If you realize what the Chronicles is, it's just, it's just giving the story of the history of Israel. At this, I'm not going to go on to a tangent, but I just want to give you the context of, of this particular verse. This is when they were returning the, the, the Ark of the Covenant back to the tabernacle. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, we're starting to hear uh, one of the Psalms of David being, uh, being read. And this is one of the lines that he writes in this song. Honor and majesty are before him. Say it with me. Strength. And gladness, the same word gladness is the word that was used for joy. And some translations even say joy. Strength and joy, strength and gladness are in his place. Where's his place? Where his presence is, amen? Strength and joy is in the presence of the Lord. We need his presence every morning when we wake up. If you need the joy of the Lord for the day, if you need the joy of the Lord to be your strength, you need to be in his presence. When we come together in a, in a place of worship, we have the presence of the Lord. And in tune, we will get joy we will receive joy and gladness i'll preach on first chronicles 16 another time let's get back to our main text continue this message in nehemiah chapter 11 or chapter 8 verse 11 so the levites they quieted all the people saying be still for the day is holy do not be grieved and all the people went their way to eat and drink to send portions, and here's this word, uh, another word for joy, rejoice greatly because they understood the word that was declared to them. Isn't there a rejoicing when you understand the word of God? When you're beginning to take it in, you understand what, the, what it's saying to us? And how we're supposed to respond? There's, there's joy that comes. There's rejoicing. 
This word for rejoice is the same word that's used as joy uh, in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. And I'll get to that verse later on. And this word's used 94 times in the Old Testament, translated joy, gladness, uh, uh, mirth. And, uh, but in this context, it was rejoice. There's rejoicing when they heard. There's rejoicing when they responded. There was rejoicing because they realized that they were in the presence of God, that he brought them out of captivity. He brought them out of darkness. Uh, isn't You see the parallel with uh, our spiritual walk? In their physical walk, they were held captive, but they were set free. Uh, there was some rebuilding that needed to be in their lives. Uh, and when, when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, uh, you have been set free from the captivity of the enemy. And But you need to have the Word of God. You need to have people in your life that, that fear God. and You need to follow God with all of your heart. Verse 13, now on the second day, and I want you to hear this. This is returning to the message. Returning to the message, this is what was happening when they heard the word of the Lord, when they heard it read by Ezra. They were returning to the message of the law of God. They were returning to hearing what God was speaking to them in order how they should live and how they should celebrate the goodness of God. So these next few verses, I'm just going to kind of read through quickly, and, and I, but I want to give the context here of what's happening. Now on the second day... The head of the father's house, all of all the people with the priests and Levites were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the word of the law. Again, get this. They went with intentionality. They need to understand the word. That's why, again, we want to do our Bible 101. This is not to insult anyone's intelligence about the word of God. It's about us growing together, part of our mission, growing, receiving, answering, committing, evangelizing, growing in the word and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and I want to grow in that. I want to understand what his word is saying. I want to understand how this is put together. It's important for us to understand how the word of God is put together. And there's a here's what's happening. They came together in order to understand the words of the law. And they found it written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths, dwelling in the feast of the seventh month. And that they should announce and proclaim in all the cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths as it is written. When you begin to read the Word of God, you'll discover some things of how we are supposed to be as Christians. Now, I want to put a plug in here that they are still in the Old Testament times. It's before Christ came, and so they're still under that law. And so what, what, they, what Ezra was reading, they were like, we need to respond to the law that God gave to the people of Israel before, the, before Christ came. Amen? There's some things that are in the Old Testament we don't do. Because God sent His Son to be the ultimate sacrifice to fulfill the Old Testament, to bring us into a New Testament covenant with Him. Amen? So we don't sacrifice bulls and goats, right? We don't do that. There's other things that we don't do. That was a command by, of God for people at a particular time, but we see the parallel of the things that we do in our lives. We bring the sacrifice of praise. We bring rejoicing, right? We, we need to respond in the New Testament way. And so there's things that, that, but here's what they were doing. They were moved on by the word of God to connect with God by doing what he's asked them to do, by doing what he's commanded them to do. And so they realized they haven't been keeping this feast of booths. And what it was is it was a celebration of the covering of God over them 
when they're being out of, out of uh, the Egyptian bondage. It was also the Feast of Gathering, to how he supplied for them. So there's a, there's a remembrance of what God has done. We need to take time and remember what God has done. Has God done anything good in anybody's life here or anybody watching online? Uh, can you celebrate? Isn't it good every once in a while just to begin to celebrate and begin to testify of the goodness of God? It, it charges us up. Verse 16, then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one of the roof of his house or in their courtyards or in the courts of the house of God and in the open square of the water gate and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and set under the booths for since the day of Joshua, the son of Nun, until the children of Israel had not done so. And there was a very great gladness. They remember we were supposed to do this, but since Joshua went away, we haven't kept this. We haven't ordered, ordained this. We haven't honored this. And, and there was a refreshing that was coming. You're asking, how does this matter with living stress-free? Because they begin to have the joy of the Lord because they were living in the presence of the Lord. They begin to remember what he's done for them and begin to lift up stress because where the joy of the Lord is, there is strength. Amen. Uh, they begin to recognize uh, look what we used to be in. We used to be in captivity. Uh, even when we were not under suppression uh, and we were just under Persia, and they treated us okay, but we weren't really free people. God really had a plan for us to be over here. And I want to let you know, there's some people who are not walking with God who don't feel a lot of stress of the world. They, they have all they need. They make enough money. They do this. But there's something missing in their life. They're still held captive, and they don't recognize it. They think it's okay, but it's time for them to return home. Why? How can they return if they've never been there? Because God has ordained every person walking on this earth to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's time to come home. It's time for them to hear the truth. And, and so that's why the church has to be alive. That's why we have to be moving forward. That's why we have to keep proclaiming that we trust in the word of the Lord, that we have a relationship with God Almighty, that he's not done with any congregation. He's He's not done with any person that will call on his name and say, use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. So they were remembering what the Lord had done. Verse 18. Also day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. They kept the booths. They, they said, let's try this. Let's, let's, let's come together. Let's celebrate this feast. Let's celebrate together. This is rejoicing. Remember, their first response was sorrow. And there's a lot of people who, who fall into that place. They feel the heaviness of their sins. They, they feel the heaviness of the life that they led, that because they haven't surrendered to God, they, they begin to think about all the mistakes that they've made, and they, they have grief and, and, and remorse. But God wants to lift that up. Someone say, lift that up. He wants to take that burden off of your shoulders. And he wants to replace it with the joy of the Lord that gives you the strength. You don't have to go back uh, to the old life. But someone say that to yourself. I don't have to go back. Uh, I can walk in his freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So church should be a place of celebration when we come together. Quickly celebrate with those who have been wallowing in sin. They're going to feel the heaviness. But there's a joy the rest of us that helps change the atmosphere for them to want to change their heart. 
If we were just always, woe is me. If we all came in, woe is me. Someone else is going to come in, woe is me too. And they won't want to change because it's kind of, we're all in the same woe is me mentality. It takes someone standing up. But I know what the Lord says. I know where my strength comes from. I know where my help comes from. I and my house are going to serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, come into the house of, of the Lord with singing of praise and rejoicing. We're going to sing and rejoice. Uh, don't stay in the, in the lows of despair, but lift up your eyes into the hills where your help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Uh, he's going to give us uh, strength. So I think we need to do some celebrating. We're going to have a seven-day feast. I don't know what that exactly looks like yet, but I know the dates starting Wednesday, August the 23rd through Tuesday, August the 29th. We're going to find ways those seven days to come together, whether it's in the evenings, one of the Saturdays, there's already something kind of planned for the ladies. You'll find about that later on. The ladies are going to have a, a breakfast together, but we're going to find ways to celebrate. Now, we were in a prayer group uh, a few Tuesday nights ago when we were talking about the 52 days and we, we launched that, we were saying August 30th is a, is a Wednesday night. That's going to be the eighth day where we're going to have a sacred assembly. You see what the Lord is doing here? And I, I'm not trying to pull anything out that's not supposed to be. I'm just trusting the Lord leading us, but I want us to celebrate. At first, I, I thought we were supposed to fast. Fasting is not the, nothing wrong. We begin every year with fasting. But the Lord moved my heart as I was studying this that we need a feast together. We need to celebrate together. Talk about some good things the Lord has done. And so we're going to, if you're able, you may not be able to make it every night. Uh, uh, you may not be able to make it to all the, all the times. But when you can, be here and come with a testimony of the presence of God and, and a joy. We're going to take some time. And I don't know what the feasting is going to look like. Don't, there's not going to be any filet mignon, but unless somebody signs up for that. But we're going to have a time, uh, maybe not be dinner or night, but it's going to be a time of refreshing and celebrating and communion and fellowship together and celebrate what he's done. Can anybody celebrate? Let's go ahead and hear what celebration sounds like. Someone, someone have a laugh. Someone have a laugh. Hallelujah. Because I believe that as we've been walking through this, and we started that 52-day calendar just a couple weeks ago, that it was going to end on, on August the 30th. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back a couple messages ago and, and see what the Lord has put in our heart that he's going to help us. I believe there's going to be something significant in these next 52 days, August 30th is that, is that day. We're going to come together for a celebration. I don't know what it looks like, but I know that God is doing something that we're going to be able to celebrate. So listen to this. The people who rebuilt the wall returned to the message and doing the word of God. That's why they were able to rejoice. They returned to the message in doing the word of God. Here's a question for you. Do you need to return to the word to live stress-free? It doesn't mean that you don't open your Bible every day. It doesn't mean that you don't have your check mark. I got my devotion done. But are you returning to the word? Do you need to return to the, the promise of the word? You can read a promise but not take the promise. You can hear a promise but not receive the promise. You can hear all the right things. You can be in a great service, but still walk away broken and hurting and stressed out if you don't learn how to surrender it to God by doing the Word of God. That's why we, let's do the Bible. 
Let's do this together. Let's put this in action in our life. So do you need to return to the word? But let me give you some words of somebody who is an authoritative person who talks about worrying and stress. Jesus himself says this. Matthew chapter 6. He says, which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his statue? Let's be honest. We've all been guilty of worrying. But Jesus is saying, don't worry. Go ahead and say those two words. Don't worry. These are the words of Christ. He's telling us, don't worry. Now, we have to be concerned about things. We have to be responsible. But the Lord doesn't want to put worriness on us. Which of you can change anything by worrying? So why do you worry about clothing and consider the lilies of the field, how they grow? They need to toil, no spin. This is this context of, of Matthew chapter 6 about not worrying. He says, yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God had so clothed the grass of the fields, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He's using a, a practical application. Some of you worry about how you're going to be taken care of, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Then what he's saying, don't worry about those things. If you seek me, he said, don't worry about these, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. For all these things the Gentiles seek. He said, don't just be like the world who's worried about these things. We also know you have to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible talks about that too. But don't worry if you're doing the right things, if you're living the right way. I want to say this, if, if you have a need in your home, and you're faithful with your giving of your tithes first, and you're a good steward of the rest, there's a condition, there's a condition. You, you can't give your tithe and then go blow out a bunch of money and spend a bunch of money and then like, I don't have enough for my bills. I probably shouldn't have gave my tithes. No, you probably shouldn't have bought all the other stuff that you bought first, right? I'm just being real and practical. God will lead you with wisdom. And when we begin to do it the Bible way, the blessings come. The blessings come. It starts with that faithfulness. And it also starts by saying yes to God and no to things when it's not, we're not able to take care of that at the time. We'll talk about money another time, but this is right from the word. He says, here's what he says. For all these things the Gentile seeks, but here's his response. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Having a Bible doesn't set you free. Just reading the Bible doesn't set you free. But seeking the truth to understand in order to live out his word sets you free. He doesn't say just seek the kingdom, but he says seek the kingdom of God and his. You can't have blessings if you don't have righteousness. I know this may be hard preaching, but this is truth. You can't have everything that, that you want as a child of God, if you're not living for him, completely sold out. This is not to try and make anybody feel bad. We deal with things. We struggle through things. And, and, and we're going to work with you and walk with you through your struggles. 
But there's a difference of struggling and trying to work through than just accepting, well, that's just the way I am, and, and this is just what I, I'm bound by, it. but I still want the blessings of God. God knows our heart, right? It's all about the heart. So when we begin to let our heart be pliable and we're seeking out, God, move on my heart. Because this relationship is not about a list of rules. You've heard me say that many, many times. But the Word of God is true, and it gives clear on the lifestyles that we should live. That our lifestyles should be becoming of His glory, be becoming of who He is, representing the kingdom and not ourselves. And so it matters the way that we live if we want to receive the blessings of God. There's not one person I've talked to who've never who've said, no, I don't want to receive God's blessings. Everybody has that desire to have everything that God has for you, but there's a, there's a price. He paid a price for your freedom. You need to walk in that by being a living sacrifice. Isn't that what Romans chapter 12 says? This is not hard preaching. This is just truth. Help us, God, to walk. Not to feel guilty, because there's what happened. Look at the story. Nehemiah. They felt the condemnation of the word. But they also begin to respond, we need a change. And when they change, when they say we need a change, Nehemiah comes back, the joy of the Lord is going to give you strength. You've been, try you've been trying to find joy in other things. There's some believers that may be watching online that you, you feel like, uh, I'm, not, I'm trying this Christian thing, but it's not working out. Because you're still trying to find joy and pleasures in things outside of God. But when you replace that with the joy of the Lord is your strength. The, the joy of the Lord. You'll find a new life. You'll find a new way of living. And Jesus ends with this. Is it okay to use his words? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Help us, Lord, keep our eyes on you. So I want to connect the message with Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. Say it with me. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So can I just tell you why I'm excited about this and how all this kind of came together? We were already been in Nehemiah. But on Thursday mornings, I meet with other pastors uh, in the city and some in Hobart. There's a few of us that gather together for prayer. We've been meeting in a church in Hobart for this month, and I've been there for three weeks. Two weeks in a row, I sat in the same spot, looked at the room in the same way, and wasn't really paying attention. There was a picture on the, on the wall. I've seen it, but I didn't read it. But on that particular, this last Thursday, as I was sitting there, it got my attention because the second from the last line says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. It's always been there, but it took me a second or a third look to capture it. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's amazing. All the pictures, and just because of where we're at. I, I don't know about you, but that gives me confirmation that we're hearing the right thing, that God wants us to understand that in his presence, isn't that been the, the, the sub-theme of this year that the Lord's given us? That it's not the programs, it's the presence of the Lord that we've got to be seeking His presence, seeking and pressing in. Holy Spirit, You are welcome here in this place. We want to be in Your presence, O oh God. So I don't think it's by accident that I didn't see it the first week or the second week. I think the Lord has reminded me because here's what else that happened. I'm going to take you now and let's do the Bible and as we begin to connect all these things together. 
This week, I want you to read Psalms 119. I'll read that verse for you just a minute. And then Philippians 4, 1 through 23. And I know I've used some of these verses before. It's okay. Everybody say it's okay. Because I follow where the Lord's leading, not just going to certain texts all the time, but keeping fresh in front of us. But this is how the Lord led, and I'll show you why at the end of this message of why I know that this is the scripture we're supposed to read for this week. Here's what I want you to pray. Sometimes it's about being used, but this time it's about you and God, your relationship and what you need. Lord, I surrender my stress and anxieties to you. Somebody's going to have a breakthrough moment today. It is your desire for me to live free from anxieties by seeking your kingdom and righteousness. I can guard myself from stress through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want us to read this together. Don't say it if you don't believe it. But if you believe that God can release stress in your life and that you're able to give it to him, you want to give it to him, I want you to read this with me with boldness. Lord, I surrender my stress and anxieties to you. It is your desire for me to live free from anxieties by seeking your kingdom and righteousness. I can guard myself from stress through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a verse before I give a few more things. Psalms 119, verse 143. This word joy comes out in the New Living Translation. And pressure and stress bear down as pressures and stress bear down on me. Anybody can connect with that? I find joy in your commands, in your law, in your word. I find joy. The word doesn't push us down. The word lifts us up. The word doesn't condemn us. The word sets us free. The, the, the word doesn't take away our energy. The word gives us strength and power. We've got to hold on to this word. Are you ready for a few, few verses? This week, read Philippians chapter 4. You've done it before, but do it again. Look, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When you're stressed, are you gentle? I'm not. Go ahead. Someone be honest this morning. Anybody, when you're stressed, are you really, is, are, is something that they say when they're stressed, they're so gentle and kind. When they're, when they're stressed, they treat me so nice. Who can just be transparent today and say, no, when you're stressed, sometimes you, you say things too quickly. You use a tone that you wish you didn't have. Do you think God wants us to have stress? He wants to relieve that. So we can treat one another the right way. Husbands and wives, you need to hear this. Parents and children, you need to hear this. Coworkers, your coworkers may need you to be distressed, especially if you're a boss. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Don't stress out. <laughs> But in everything by, here's how we do it, by prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, be thankful to God. 
Give him thanks before he even answers a prayer. Give him thanks. Lord, I know that you hear me when I pray. You see the situation that I am, and I'm going to make it through because you promised me you're not going to leave me here. You're going to bring me through. Let your request be made known to God. Do not worry about anything. This is a New Living Translation. Do not worry about anything. Same verse. But instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. And the peace of God will surpass all understanding and will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Not done. This is how the Lord works. On Wednesday night, my wife and I were having some downtime. We started watching a little Christian television, and there was a pastor, Vance Pittman, was being interviewed. He has a book called The Stressless Life. Now, I wasn't planning on preaching on stress. I was planning on seeking the Lord and finishing Nehemiah. But this is Wednesday night, late in the evening. He's telling his story. He's a pastor, planted a church many years ago in Las Vegas area. He was carrying a heavy load. He didn't realize he was under so much stress. And he came home one day from a long day of work and planned to go home and eat dinner and go back to work. But after dinner, he said, I wasn't feeling so good, so excited. I'm going to go upstairs and, and lay down and relax. And he said he went to sleep for eight days. When they finally could get him up, got him to the doctor, they found out that his body was overloaded and just did a shutdown. There wasn't nothing physical wrong with him. It wasn't his heart but he was under so much stress, and he didn't even realize the stress. He just went to sleep. So this is this. He gives a few things out of the book. I pulled this out. Again, this is just Wednesday night. Stay with me. This is American Institutes of Stress. It says this, 77% of Americans regularly experience physical symptoms caused by stress. There's some pains that some of you may have, but it's not because you're broken. It's because you're stressful. Over 48% of people lie awake at night and can't fall asleep because of some stress in their life. This is not the way God wants us to live. How many believes that? He wants us to be in the rejoicing, not the stressfulness. I don't have time to go through this book. I haven't read all this book, but it was just interesting, the timing, because that was on Wednesday night. On Thursday morning, I'm in this prayer group, and I notice Psalm 1611. There's joy. The fullness of joy is in the presence of the Lord. I begin to connect with that. And then, the person who's leading the devotion, back up. Don't, you're going too fast. Oh, just to put it, just, just joy. Just one, there you go. Next slide, one, one slide. There you go. I'm in, the, I'm in this prayer meeting, and the leader begins to tell us, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. So look at this. Next, next slide. I get the book on Wednesday, hearing about it. Then I go to the prayer meeting. And at the prayer meeting, I see Psalms chapter 16, 11, 
And then there, the person leading devotion had no idea that I was hearing about stress the night before. And he comes out, be anxious for nothing. You can't tell me that God is not leading us on a path right now in his presence. Uh, there needs to be the joy of the Lord in his presence. Uh, somebody needs to be set free from stress and anxiety today. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to deliver someone. He doesn't want you to live straight. He wants you to sleep tonight. Somebody who hasn't been sleeping is going to have a night's rest that you've been needing. I believe this. I believe it's by coming to a place and giving it to the Lord. I know a lot of times we want someone to pray for us. I'm not going to pray and lay hands on you to get the stress away. You're going to give it to Jesus. There may be a lot of other needs in this room today, and, and, and if we have time, we'll pray for that. But I feel today. So 77% of people deal with stress. If we did our numbers, if there was 100 people here, 70 of us would be coming up and saying, I deal with stress. So with that, you, can, you don't have to be ashamed to say, I deal with stress. Even though you may not feel like you're stressful, but I, I don't feel like I deal with a lot of stress, but then I realize, I look back, yeah, I was a little bit short there, and that was because of the stress I was under. I want that out of my life. So as you stand to your feet this morning, Heavenly Father, we give this to you. I believe you ordered this message for today for someone who needs to give the stress of life to you. And by making that simple step forward, by laying it at the altar, there's going to be a freedom. Your presence. Your presence, oh God. There's joy in your presence. So the altar call is simple this morning. Respond to the word of the Lord. Come and lay it down, whether you want to kneel, stand, sit. I believe that God wants to give someone a breakthrough today. You don't have to leave with the same weights and cares that you came in with, no matter what it is. Will you come? Will you surrender to the Lord?
pray right now over this congregation. If you would just raise your hands. Lord, I pray over everyone that's here and those that are watching online. Lord, those that deal with stress and it brings them down physically. Those that deal with stress and it is affecting relationships. We surrender it to you right now, Jesus. I surrender it to you. I give you my stress. I give you my anxiety. Someone needs to declare that. I give it to you today. I'm not going to carry it out of this place. Glory be to your name. It's your presence, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. When you begin to be in his presence, you begin to be aware of his presence, it will trump anything that's in your life that stands in a way that begins to stress, begin to give a shout of praise in, in those moments. He has you in his hands. Someone needs to hear that. He has you in his hands. Lord, help us be more aware of your presence, God. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer.